Progressive Voices' John Sinton has written a continuing series called A Turning Point that touches on politics, culture, and media. You can hear the short essays in the on-demand section of ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton, and this is A Turning Point. Today, a media survival guide. You know, a continuing theme here is the way changes in the media ecosphere have played out across society. A hit TV show regularly reached 30 million viewers. The final episode of MASH reached a not-since-repeated 106 million Americans. Terrestrial radio, as distinct from satellite or online radio, was a hit maker when tens of millions could sing every top 40 song. Maybe no one is missing the gong show, Wooly Bully, or the Macarena, but neither are there cross-cultural phenomena like All in the Family or Let It Be. Today, a hit TV show reaches about 6 million people, and the most popular ones are no longer even on broadcast television. Today, no single person can sing the top 40, and the Netflixes of the world have no heft. Across the entire culture, the demassification of media has had broader implications than just music and television. For instance, the fragmentation of media has led to the rise of audience silos. Now, truth is fungible. You get to pick your news, and you don't have to be subjected to any other view if you so choose. I maintain that you have a social obligation to change with the times. It's a tall order. Here are seven tips to help you survive the new media landscape. One, be your own editor. Use multiple news sources. Two, question what you're seeing, hearing, and reading. Three, online, be sure to click on every platform's About tab to get a sense of who they are and where their money comes from. Four, look for transparency and whether hidden agendas are being masked. Five, be on guard against your own confirmation bias. Be honest. You are the easiest person for you to fool. Be able to identify your source's biases as well as your own. Six, be aware of rapidly changing media landscapes from print to TikTok. Seven, it's the Wild West out there. The environment is unsettled and rife with crooks, grifters, and crackpots, so take nothing for granted. If you are into self-delusion and think Elvis is still alive and that everything's all right, ask yourself these questions. Would George Wallace have been more than a fringe candidate in 1968 if today's array of right-wing media outlets existed? Would Republican senators have forced Nixon to resign in 1972 with Fox News and myriad right-wing platforms denying his criminality for the sake of party over country? How badly does the lack of agreed-upon set of facts in our country damage our democracy? And finally, if we're not beyond repair, what can we do? I'll answer that less rhetorical question. Use the seven media survival tactics I just read. The co-director of the Center for Sustainable Democracy at Arizona State University, Tom Riley, notes that 70% of Republican voters think that the 2020 election was fraudulent and that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president. Well, just where do you think they got that idea? Perhaps from a chronically grievous ex-president whose ego can't accept defeat that he knows he suffered. How much damage has his self-serving messaging done? Well, ASU's Riley says, quote, widespread misinformation and disinformation on election administration is hobbling the ability of election officials to do their job and has created a fertile ground for mistrust. 
CBS Sunday Morning had a short feature recently that highlighted the fact that only outrage generates cash and that no one is more outrageous than right-wing pundits online and on the air. It may be short, cynical, and incomplete, but its thrust is true. Some, like pundit Zenyep Tufeki, are calling it the historic transformation of the public sphere. She writes, quote, I focus on the Alec Jones trial and verdict, but my question is about the future. What can we do? What should we do to prevent future cases? Unquote. The problem here is driven less by ideology than by profit. In the case of Alex Jones, his bluster and passion sells hundreds of millions of dollars of unsanctioned supplements, a huge array of survivalist gear, and fluoride-free toothpaste. His anger and passion for self-derived conspiracies is attractive to many who can't wait to buy his line and his products, which, by the way, he hawks like a rabid Fuller Brushman. It's easy to imagine a time in the very recent past when societal stewards who used to stand together against conspiracy theories and hate in general would have taken an ogre like Jones to task, demanding he acknowledge the simple truth that Sandy Hook Elementary was attacked and many were killed. But the fragmentation of media has diluted the impact of our rational stewards. Anybody who doesn't want to hear them won't, because they'll be in their own silo, where in this instance the government is coming for your guns, so make sure you stock up on Alex's full line of military-style products and keep yourself strong by consuming his snake oil potions and supplements. For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton. Go to the on-demand section of ProgressiveVoices.com or the PV app and look for a turning point.